Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Hey, did you hear the one about the tourist railroad that was having some challenges with their rail cycle program? No, 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 listen, folks, this, this, this isn't a joke. There actually is a tourist railroad, the Colebrookdale Railroad, that has been having some issues with their rail cycles. And to solve the problem, what did they do? They went out and designed and built their own new rail cycle. We're talking about rail gliders here on Trains Live. Welcome to Trains Live. I'm Bob Lettenberger, Associate Editor for Trains Magazine. Listen, we're headed out to the East Coast today. About an hour to the northwest of Philadelphia, you're going to find Boyertown, Pennsylvania. Beautiful little town. Gorgeous. Take my word for that. And in Boyertown is the Colebrookdale Railroad. Again, a gorgeous little site traveling into the Secret Valley along the Manitoni and Ironstone Creeks. They have, they've got all the programs that you would kind of expect from a tourist railroad, but we got something else special going on today. And for that, I want to introduce to you the executive director from Colebrookdale. With us is Nathaniel Guest. Welcome to Trains Live, Nathaniel. Glad you could be along today. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, beautiful, beautiful railroad. And, I, and I, I'll tip the, the hand just a bit. I, I grew up down in, in Maryland. And so, um, kind of, you know, know the Pennsylvania area, know the, the beauty of uh, eastern Pennsylvania. And everything that I have seen about the railroad Man, just, I mean, gorgeous. And some of the, the programs and the train excursions that you guys have, uh, just some fantastic things going on there to start with. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this, this is a beautiful part of the world. Um, and uh, it's actually it's home for me. I lived away for, for many years, but I moved back um, when the opportunity to bring the Colebrookdale back to life presented itself. And um, it's been a real joy to be able to share this a beautiful railroad line in this uh, very historic part of the world uh, with with the rest of the with the rest of the world. Now, a little background on yourself. Um, you are you studied law. You are an attorney. Um, you also have a <laughs> don't hold that against me. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, for, recovery. yeah. Leslie. <laughs> You play with trains. That forgives you right there. Um, also, background in, in preservation. And you you personally really dove headlong into saving the Colebrookdale branch at one point. Kind of a crazy story, if I understand. <laughs> yeah, I think I think most most uh, most preservation stories start out with a bit of a dream that makes them look a little crazy. And I guess what determines whether it was genius or insanity is how it pans out in the end, right? So um, 
Yeah, I was uh, actually in finishing my, my graduate studies program. Um, I was doing law school in Philadelphia and uh, a preservation degree uh, in upstate New York at Cornell. And I um, was, was in Ithaca and I read that the uh, Colbrookdale line was about to be abandoned. And you know, this is my, in my hometown. I knew this is a beautiful railroad line. Most people have never even heard of. Most, most people, even those who lived here, never had the opportunity to ride it. Um, and I knew that we had two communities uh, connected by the railroad that were working very hard to reinvent themselves in the post-industrial era. Very important places in the industrial period, um, but in the post-industrial era, looking for a, a new kind of economy. And so looking to revive places, capitalizing on the strengths of their past is the stock and trade of what preservationists do. And so the gears turned and I thought, well, you know, you have this beautiful railroad line. It's on the brink of abandonment. Again, I mean, this is the first time it's on the brink of abandonment. And, um, you, you know, the question became, what what can we do to save it? Um, and so I, I remember the fateful day when I placed a call to one of the uh, county commissioners uh, and thus began a friendship. Uh, that blossomed into uh, a, a plan, uh, and then and then um, we worked for the better part of two years uh, to fight the case before the SDB that would abandon the railroad. And I remember the day that uh, the the uh, the verdict came down that we, we won, that we were able to save the railroad. Um, like the dog that chases the car and catches it and goes, now what? Uh, suddenly, <laughs> I, I, as I said, you know, it's a great railroad line, got a great history, except, you know, the track needs work, the bridges need work, there's no customers, no locomotives, no cars, no crew. Apart from that, it's ready to roll. Uh, and I'm a graduate student, so, you know, uh, <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, and so uh, it was, uh, <clears throat> that was a very exciting and terrifying day all at the same time. Um, but it, it was been the event, start of the adventure uh, of a lifetime, and uh, I've been very blessed to be able to do it. So, <laughs> so the story so far, I mean, other than than your dive off the cliff, we're <laughs> we're talking, you know, a tourist railroad. We've got a line we're saving. We're we're going to run some trains. People are going to enjoy them, so on and so forth. Okay, now here's the first curveball, and this is why I I so much love the story that that you have to tell. Most museums and tourist lines, they have a mission of preservation, preserving equipment, really solely to, to operate and or to tell the story of those pieces. They work around that collection. Mm -hmm. You guys have done something different, and your mission is, is so much further into community and problem solving and development. Take off on that because, like I said, that's the first the first curveball that makes makes you guys so interesting. Yeah, um, our our mission is um, set within the context of a tourist railroad, set within the context of this beautiful little historic line through the oldest iron making valley in the New World. Um, but our purpose and, and the, the the driving force behind our mission is really a community and economic development one. Uh, and so our, our activities, the ways in which we, we uh, our, our strategic goals involve education, uh, skills building, so, so teaching restoration trades, um, administration, hospitality, train operations, um, teaching those skills uh, to, um, to uh, people who maybe have never even been to a railroad before uh, with the idea of building, building their skills and helping them move from low wage, low skill jobs to, to higher wage jobs. We have a, a 
pretty profound poverty problem in, in our part of the world. Um, and, and this is a really wonderful way to, to combat that problem. We teach them skills with the idea that maybe they'll choose to stay with us or probably they'll move on to higher paying jobs in other industries, having learned what they learned here at the railroad. Um, additionally, um, we have a mission to be able to talk about um, and teach the history of our part of the world and, and how this part of Pennsylvania really changed the course of American history. Um, it's a little known history, but by building affinity for the place where we all live, uh, it encourages reinvestment of basically every kind. Um, it's actual reinvestment with money or reinvestment spirit, reinvestment of that human capital that, that helps to grow places. Um, and you know, our corner of the world really, though we're very close to Philadelphia, just as you said, has been left behind in, in many ways. Um, and we feel as though we can springboard using a superlative past and do a better future. Uh, and the railroad really is the vehicle to do that, uh, both the, the, the actual vehicle and, and metaphorical vehicle. And so our, uh, our tourist railroad is really about job creation, teaching job skills, educational opportunities, um, and serving as an anchor attraction for a whole range of uh, recreational and heritage attractions in our area that needed a hub, basically, that this is the anchor attraction, but when they're here, they're going to go to these other sites uh, and, and visit them as well. And so we did an independent study in 2020 uh, that evaluated what's the economic impact of all this activity. And we're looking at about anywhere from 8 to $14 million of economic activity a year, just based on riders to, on the Colebrookdale Railroad, the visitors coming to the Colebrookdale Railroad. Wow. So our, our mission is actually larger than than the, the railroad itself, um, but it is anchored in, in, within the context of the historic railroad. Um, I, I, that is that is so, it is so off the beaten path because you are, you're, you, you have taken the trains and the railroad and you have merely said, you know, this is the means to the end. This is our, our canvas that we're going to work on yeah, we're going to work on these things. We're going to have fun doing it. We're going to present quality programs. But if you come and work with us, or if you volunteer with us, or if you're part of the community, we are doing these things to enhance the community. Like you said, the job skills, um, you know, you're, you're taking it from the approach of not, hey, I need a, a train crew today. No, what can you learn from being on our train crew? And then once you leave us, what can you do with that out in the bigger community? That is, Nathaniel, that is like, man, <laughs> you just, you just well, check, you just checked all the boxes here. You know? <laughs> Mic drop. Well, we can be over right now, you know? <laughs> well, but there's, there's a natural resonance with, with what all of us in the heritage rail industry do, because everything we do is incredibly labor intensive. I mean, there's materials and sensitivity to it, but particularly labor intensive. And, and there's a lot of skill required there. Um, they're not going to be mechanizing or replacing many of us with robots, as much as I might like that <laughs> happening, uh, anytime soon. And so it, it really is a, a people and labor-based kind of activity. And so if you have a, a, a geography where your railroad is located, as we do, uh, where there needs to be some significant investment in human capital, uh, the, the, the tourist railroad is just a great way to do it. And all of us are, are, are devotees of the idea that there's few things more dynamic or inspiring than a train. Uh, and so the, the image of that train going by, uh, you know, Thomas Wolfe comes to mind, but the image of that train going by really is inspirational and represents the work of all of these people who have transformed their lives uh, in the process of transforming this railroad. So it, it really is quite beautiful. It, it adds a lot of extra 
components to a project that might be simpler pursued through another means, but the end product is, is so much more useful. So much, um, so much we, more enriching. Okay. We spend a lot of, uh, I'll just say, we spend a, one of the target populations that we really do a lot of work with are persons on the autism spectrum. Uh, we, we are a certified autism center. Um, and I, I know we'll be talking about rail bikes uh, somewhat today. And, and, and that was one of the reasons why we decided to get into a rail bike program uh, through our work with persons on the autism spectrum. Well, let's let's go there because at the beginning I, I kind of off the cuff said, "Hey, we got this rail cycle program and it was working, but it wasn't working." And you guys kind of uh, kind of took things into your own hands and said, "We're we're fixing this thing." So, rail cycles. First off, uh, kind of a, a newish trend. It is a uh, a device that you can use on the rails. It is pedal power. Um, you know, great exercise for people like me who stopped at the donut bar a couple times too many today. Um, and and I'm sure we're going to hear from you that um, again some some great learning opportunities. But um, to start with, you guys have a rail cycle program, and you were having some issues with the physical units themselves. And this kind of relates to your uh, your clientele who are on the autistic spectrum, yes? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right, Bob, it does. Um, so people-powered rail vehicles have been around almost as long as railroads themselves. And so if you if you Google velocipeds or, or any number of, uh, <laughs> of rail bike looking things, you, you'll see that there, there have been uh, various different kinds of contraptions that uh, have existed almost as long as railroads have. Um, and many of them were used for, for maintenance of way. Um, they were also used for pleasure. Um, the rail bike in the way in which that uh, you you might see them um, in numerous places around the country is a relatively new contraption. It sort of look like a series of recumbent bicycles coupled together. Um, so we uh, set out to acquire uh, the bikes that we could uh, find and there were a limited number of commercially available rail bikes. And um, we, we acquired a fleet of them and put them into service. And it was very successful. Um, we had a sold out first season. Uh, we, we actually uh, garnered the best of Philly award uh, from Philadelphia Magazine, which was pretty cool because, you know, we're about, like you said, a little less than an hour west of Philadelphia. And if you're from Center City, Philadelphia, we're everywhere west. You know, it's, so for, the, for them to have recognized <laughs> that we actually exist out here, you know, uh, was was pretty big, and, and it's over uh, the hill. <laughs> over the hill, that's that's yeah. right. <laughs> Beyond, so um, we we were we were honored by that, and um, we saw the promise that the program had, um, but we saw some opportunity there too. Um, first, we recognized that the the because you don't have to steer these bikes, uh, and because you've got the the, the gentle grade uh, of the railroad. Uh, coupled with the, the the low coefficient of friction of, of relatively smooth wheels on steel rails, um, the bikes were were really uh, presented an opportunity, or they could present an opportunity to allow persons with disabilities, uh, persons with with who are differently abled, to be able to participate in activities that they otherwise couldn't with, with other people. Um, we also saw that there was a chance for the elderly to be able to exercise and be in nature and to be free from tripping and falling in ways that they couldn't uh, otherwise, um, and that they could all do this together. Um, we also saw that um, the the bikes, the, the running running the bike program, being able to repair the bikes, um, 
was lending itself to be a, a good opportunity for our uh, persons on the autism spectrum who had never had a job before, for whom this was their first job. That, that the kind of activities that we were able to do there uh, enabled them to be part of a team and to learn and actually take on leadership roles in a context that was perhaps a, a little less threatening than running the passenger train, for instance. Um, so, great idea. We're ready to charge forward. The only problem was that bikes themselves weren't quite up to par. As all of the folks who were listening to the call who have ever worked at a tourist railroad or run a tourist railroad know that bringing the public onto your train or onto your railroad is tantamount to to the running of the bulls from Pamplona, you know, or just letting cattle run through your yard. So you will find every weak spot. They will find every weak spot for you. Uh, and so, you know, a design that we thought was as robust as it needed to be, <laughs> we found all the weak spots. Um, and so, so we really began to think about how, how do we, how do we make, how do we take this program um, to the next level? How do we have it fulfill those needs that we're seeing? Um, <clears throat> Uh, and and how, how do we make the bikes actually fit that role? And the, the answer was start from the rail and design up. So um, you basically, your group sat down and you said, here's the problems. Now we're going to, we can do better and came up with a design. Um, and I think the other neat part about this is not only did you come up with the design, you are now manufacturing them and not only for your own needs, but you have gone into Rail glider, rail. Well, they're called rail gliders. That is your brand, um, but That's basically, right. rail cycles. Um, you're selling them, and you've got orders for them. We are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, as soon as you know, just casually began to discuss the fact that we were we were going to be um, pushing pause on our rail bike program for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that we were going to be embarking on a pretty large track program this year, but also that we were going to be designing new bikes. When I put that word out instantly i started to get phone calls from folks saying hey i hear you're designing a rail bike can you send me more information <laughs> and um you know the the uh the, i i've had i've had to do very little marketing uh, of the bikes to be able to, to place those first orders but uh, we're, we're really excited about it uh, cool. and and we, we think that these bikes will not only revolutionize rail bike uh, operations uh, in, in in this country um but also, we, we think that, and, and by that, I mean, make them easier to operate, um, more lucrative, uh, and, and there'll be all access uh, so, so that all persons will be able to use the bikes. We, we think that will revolutionize the industry. But we also think it's going to be a great tool to help our historic railroads, uh, both their bottom line, uh, to help them support their preservation work, uh, but also open them up to new markets, people that don't necessarily know yet that they like trains. Neat. Um, let me step aside for half a second here. Nathaniel Guest, who is the executive director of the Colebrookdale Tourist Railroad in Boyerville, Pennsylvania, Boyertown, excuse me, I keep inventing a new city for you. Boyertown, Pennsylvania <laughs> is our guest today. Um, we've been talking about rail gliders, which are their new rail cycle designed and built by the Colebrookdale Railroad. Um, railgliders.com. Railgliders.com. Go check out the website. Um, if you've been listening to Nathaniel tell us about the, the process behind this, when you see this machine, you're, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, wow, this, is, this looks sturdy. This looks like it will do the job. 
Um, the other thing, and you and I were talking the other day as we were, were setting up today's program, but um, you and you mentioned a little bit now too about the idea that you you designed something that you knew could be used in your programs, not only from an operational standpoint, um, but something that could be used for training and um, specific, uh, especially to your clientele that are on the autism spectrum, that there were things built into this bike uh, that would help them and that would enhance their experience. Can you tell tell us a little bit about that? Because that, I think, is another fascinating aspect of the whole project. One of the ways in which we're, we're truly blessed, and that there are many of them, is that we have a, a, a wonderful education programs director uh, at the Coburgdale Railroad, Michelle Barrett, and she also runs the Secret Valley Explorers, which is our rail bike operations program. Um, and Michelle's training uh, is in education and curriculum development, specifically for uh, persons with disabilities. And she has a, a, a real gift in, in working with um, uh, education programs, particularly for persons on the autism spectrum. And so as we began to think about um, our, our rail bike manufacturer program and the implementation of these new rail bikes, uh, uh, both for rail gliders and the Secret Valley Explorers rail bike operations program that we do. Michelle was there with us every step of the way talking about how can we integrate um, our um, workforce uh, of persons on the autism spectrum um, into the manufacture of the bikes, into the repair of the bikes, and into the operation of the bikes so that they have leadership roles. Uh, they may not start out in a leadership role, but that they have something to work towards, to graduate towards. And, and many of these folks, this is their first job. Um, and in addition to, to learning the actual uh, mechanics of the job itself, um, are in a place that they may need to learn some life skills. Uh, they may need to learn some interpersonal skills. So really there's a component of job coaching that goes along with, with this. Um, and, and again, the rail bikes are a really great way, um, I, I think for, particularly for anybody for whom it's their first job, but, but also uh, for persons on the autism spectrum to, to become acclimatized to the work environment. And I, I think that's one of the strengths uh, of the rail bike program. Uh, there is, been documented a natural affinity for people on the autism spectrum with railroads and all things yes. train. Oh, yes. um, the, me the mechanics of the bike, you know, they're, they're all, they're all uniform and they all have the same set of tools and they're all uh, mechanically uh, sound and, and unique, unique, but also similar to each other really does provide a kind of context that allows for learning, but, but isn't a, a, a constant series of unknowns either. So um, when we designed the bike and, and, uh, we designed the bike based on the program that we wanted to run. Um, and uh, that was particularly informed by what Michelle shared regarding uh, uh, working with persons on the autism spectrum. So um, it's been, it's been very much a success uh, and, and we've been very lucky to get some grant funding to help, uh, help undergird these education programs. You know, Nathaniel, as you're talking, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm imagining someone with autism, working with you folks, and there's that, first off, there's the thrill of, of like you said, being around a railroad and, and that affinity for all things trains and railroad that folks on the spectrum seem to have. But then there's that, that idea of, I can do this, and look at this, I accomplished something. And then going to that next step of 
taking that skill and as you said, as they climb up that that ladder, um, to be able to take that skill and and convey that information to patrons using the rail gliders. I mean, this 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 program isn't just it's not just a solution to get you guys a better rail bike, which, you know, in theory, the manufacturers are going to give you some funding for other operations. But this is this is a complete circle here that that ticks off, you know, a community problem and, and helping. And I shouldn't even say a community problem. It's more of a, a community enhancement. Um, you know, it's it's helping people lift themselves up. It's, you know, it's that personal sense of accomplishment. Um, it's having fun along the way. Like I said, man, you, you guys have checked off. I don't think we got enough forms for the boxes that you guys have checked off in, in doing this. This thing is, this is just incredible. Um, hey, let's, let's go into the rail glider showroom for just a moment. I want to, I want to, I want you to describe for me. There was one thing that we had talked about before and one of the kind of things that you guys built into the bike here, the cycle, um, most rail cycles, when you get to the end of the line, we've got to physically turn them around, which means uh, we got to, you know, pick the thing up, either the, the operators themselves or you have to expend staff to be there to do that. What did you, you guys built something into the rail glider that solves that problem? <laughs> So I have to give a shout out to Steve McGuire, who was the okay. uh, inventor uh, of, our, of the rail glider. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll give you a little background story. I was on the telephone with Steve McGuire, uh, who's become a dear friend. Um, and if there's time, I'll tell you how I met Steve McGuire. It's a pretty amazing <laughs> story that there's angels looking out for us all the time. He's one of the ones who watches out for me. But um, he he, uh, he actually is the, the gentleman who made it possible for Lake Superior and Ishpeming uh, number 18, a 280, to come to the Colbertdale Railroad. So we're, we're fast friends. Uh, and I was explaining to him that, you know, we had these rail bikes and that, um, you know, we, it's a very successful program. People love it, but we're having some challenges that, that the bikes themselves, you know, are not enabling us to take this program where it naturally wants to go. And he said, rail bikes, what are they? And so I told him when we were on the phone, he said, does it look something like this? And then he sent me a picture on the on the uh, email and I'm looking at it as I'm talking. I was like, well, yeah, it looks a lot like that. So it turns out that um, in addition to inventing all sorts of things for his own business, um, and in addition to loving steam engines, um, he also um, invents people-powered pedal vehicles uh, that he took around his various properties um, just for fun. He did it for fun. So I said, yeah, something exactly like that. He said, well, let's start working on it. And he's put in uh, a, a, quite a number of years on it. And he spent a lot of hours with me, God bless him, on the phone, uh, hearing about what are the needs that we have. And the first thing I said to him was that, you know, in, in my former life as an attorney, the thing that sends fear into my heart is watching the general public stand up and walk around the ballast uh, of the railroad track, stepping over the, the rails um, as we turn these bikes around. And I said it also, if we if we put a turntable, put the bike on a turntable and spin it around, it takes the weight off your back, but you're still doing that tromping around the, the, the gravel. He said, well, what if, why would you do that? Why don't you just make a bike that you push a button and you can reverse it and, and, and go the other way? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, why don't why don't I do it? Well, there's a whole lot of reasons why I don't do it, but if you can do that, yeah. so, so uh, he did, and and um, it, it's just really quite incredible what he, what he's come up with. It's very simple, very robust, um, and uh, that is one of the hallmarks of this bike that um, you you, um, you you step you stand up, you 
push the button, flip the seats, and, and then you go the other way. Oh, um, and there's, there's lots of other really cool features about it, but that's, that's definitely <laughs> start with. They got to go to realgliders.com to pick up on those. Steve's your guardian angel. Um, man, every tourist railroad needs one. What, uh, what special things did Steve do for you to, to earn the, earn his wings? Well, I should say uh, that that uh, the, that I uh, personally and and the Colbertdale Railroad have had a lot of guardian angels uh, looking over us, and and I'm grateful for all of them, uh, Stephen, Joanne McGuire, and Scott and Susan Bentley, and and all of our volunteers. They they've really they made a little boy's dream come true, um, and uh, we, we um, a, a number of uh, about two years ago. Uh, a, a, a lady named Diane Bacus surprised me, surprised me with a book uh, called Nathaniel's Trains, and it tells the origin story of the Colbertdale Railroad. And embedded in that uh, are, are these guardian angels. They're not named out, but uh, they, they are in there. And uh, and, and we, we've all been very blessed for them. But Steve was perhaps the first. Um, and um, I was, um, pic picture, go back to the story I told you about where, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there realizing that I've just, Congratulations! It's a railroad. Now what? You know, and uh, thinking that well, you know, I advocated for the better part of uh, four years for exactly this moment, and now I don't know what to do because I wasn't quite expecting to actually be successful. Um, and so we, we had, I had my model train collection uh, that I had collected all the time I was growing up, Lionel trains and some HO trains, and um, I sold them to help uh, pay for the effort to, to, to save the Colbrookdale. So we used those funds to advocate and to help fight the, the legal battle uh, for the SDB. And I think there might have been $5,000 left in that bank account from, from the trains that I had sold. And, and now all of a sudden, we have a railroad. And there's $5,000 in the bank account. And it became pretty clear you know, from that moment that if this was going to be successful, I'd have to leave my job. Um, and stop what I was doing and, and move home to Pennsylvania and work on this full time. Well, that was, you know, terrifying, really. I mean, I had more money, more debt and student loans than the money that was in the bank would have been able to pay off. You know, not even, oh, sorry. Uh, I have I have cats and they really enjoyed uh, the, uh, <laughs> the filming. That's what's going on. Surprised they haven't come flying across the screen. So um, in any case, uh, you know, there was a lot of worry about, you know, what, how are we going to make this work uh, with the money that's in the bank account? But we, you know, went on faith. And one day uh, the mail arrived uh, and in it was a $50,000 check uh, from someone I'd never heard of uh, named Steve McGuire, uh, who, who read about the project to save the Colbertdale and said, we want this to happen. And um, he just put a check in the mail. And, I mean, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that was really, really beautiful. To me. That's, that's an angel. That's an angel for sure. Nathaniel, hang on for a minute. We got to step over to Mr. Bob's uh, railroad bookshelf for a moment. Got a couple things on there today that kind of pertain to what we've been talking about. Um, first one, fresh out, brand new. This is the ninth edition of the Tourist Trains Guidebook. Over 500 entries in here detailing tourist railroads from all across the country. If you were going to go on a railroad adventure somewhere to look at a museum, look at a tourist railroad, this is the book that you need to put, pick up, Tourist Trains Guidebook. It's available at kombachhobbystore.com. Fresh off the presses. Ladies and gentlemen, when you get your copy of the book, and I know you're gonna rush right out and do this, I need to direct your attention 
right here to page 64, where you are going to find the Colebrookdale Railroad. Just look at that picture. Don't, don't you want to be riding on that train through that beautiful secret valley there in Pennsylvania? You, you got to pick one of these up. Tourist Train Guidebook, 9th edition, just out, just in, available at KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Listen, while you're out east, especially in Pennsylvania, and a ton of railroad activity in Pennsylvania, um, before you go, why don't you pick up the hot spots from Horseshoe Curve outside of Altoona, Pennsylvania. Um, one of the video productions from our video team here at Kalmbach Media talks all about the famous Horseshoe Curve, that marvel of engineering built by the Pennsylvania Railroad, um, now being run by Norfolk Southern. Um, again, available, KalmbachHobbyStore.com. So pick up a video, watch it at home, help plan your visit out. But as you are planning to head out east, yeah, you definitely got to get the Tourist Trains Guidebook. And it's not just good for the East. It'll take you all over the country, all different places, over 500 entries. Page 64, Colebrookdale Tourist Railroad. <laughs> you got to check that one out. Yes. So we have been talking with Nathaniel Guest from the Colebrookdale Railroad today, um, talking about their rail gliders. Railgliders.com, folks. Uh, that's where you can pick up more information on the bikes. Um, you've got got orders for them right now. How, okay, if I order if I order a rail glider, how long is it going to take me to get one? <laughs> so we've I? been uh, guaranteeing delivery within three months of your order. Uh, wow. And okay. So so uh, depending upon uh, when you place your order, we should be able to hold hold true to that. So. Fantastic. And you know, and if I'm a, if I'm a, a tourist railroad operator. Um, and want to order uh, a number of these. You guys are are set up to do that. You're, I mean, that's kind of the design behind the program is to be able to provide a, a small fleet, if you will. That's right. Uh, we've got 100 under construction now. Uh, there's a building that's been acquired and dedicated specifically for the construction of rail bikes. Um, the, uh, the components are in stock, uh, and, and currently we're, we're um, uh, building them uh, to sell. Um, certainly we make it possible for people who want to add unique features to their rail bikes to customize them. Um, and so, so far our orders have, uh, been for the, the basic bike, um, our, our standard bike. Uh, but, uh, folks have approached us asking for, um, uh, motorized versions, put power assist bikes, uh, also, uh, having, uh, other features, including pet carriers on the bikes and so on and so <laughs> forth. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the frozen yogurt machine or the margarita machine to be put on the back. I, it's a great idea. So, um, <laughs> color, color so, selection. <laughs> um, right now, all of, the, all of the color selection, yeah, right, any color you want, as long as it's the one we've got, it, it's, um, uh, right now they're, they're green, they're green and black right now. Um, and uh, we have we have talked about doing customized colors. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that that goes. The, the bikes are um, made of a variety of materials. Uh, anything that's that's metal, uh, steel is powder coated. So the idea is that they can they can live outside. You know, yeah. if they need to, we certainly encourage people to put them inside just for for security mm -hmm. and whatnot. But um, yeah. uh, we we. Uh, also, we've been asked if we're going to make them in, in three-foot gauge and two-foot gauge, and the answer to that is yes. Cool. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'll stick with the colors you've got, but I want 
I want flames down the side so it actually gives the illusion that I'm actually doing something and moving. You know? so. yeah. we, could, we, could, we could also put speakers on it to make it have a whoosh sound as you go by. So it makes yeah. really good. There we go. Hey, we have been talking with Nathaniel Guest, Colebrookdale Tourist Railroad uh, in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. Um, they had a problem with their rail cycles and they sat down and said, we can, we can do this. And they're manufacturing their own. It is the rail glider. Um, Nathaniel, it's been a pleasure talking with you and, and I, I wish you guys the best of luck. And this is what you're doing is just fantastic in the world of, of preservation and, and tourist railroads. So it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Well, Bob, I grew up reading Trains Magazine. My grandfather loved trains. And from the time long before I could eat, even before I could read, I was thumbing through Trains Magazine, looking at the pictures. And so uh, in, in some ways, it's your company's fault that I'm here. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I am honored uh, to, to have been able to, to meet you and to chat with you today. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Hey, folks, want to see you on trains.com. Tons of new content being put up all the time. Plenty of neat stories, plus Newswire. You want the latest on what's happening in the real world. You got to check out Newswire on trains.com. Want to see you there real soon. And I expect to see you behind an issue of Trains Magazine very soon. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.